Hey friends, it's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo on Wings 93 with another episode of True Crime Tuesday, exploring more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. This week, we explore the story of a small town in West Virginia, which became ground zero for what would become one of the largest cases of corporate cover-up in American history. With episode number 77, the Teflon Poisonings. Polytetrafluoroethylene, or PTFE, was originally developed by the DuPont Company and was discovered in 1938 by DuPont employee Ray Plunkett. The military began using PTFE as a secret weapon for coating seals and gaskets used in the development of the atomic bomb because it was immune to nearly all corrosive materials. And after World War II, the military declassified PTFE and gave it a more consumer-friendly name, Teflon. Teflon, as it's come to be known, would go on to be used in everything from non-stick pots and pans to clothing, furniture, food packaging like microwave popcorn bags and pizza boxes, even in home appliances, ovens, airplanes, and automobiles. And by the mid-1940s, Teflon was a household name, and it seemed that Teflon was one of the world's greatest inventions. But everything comes at a price. Because one of the key ingredients in Teflon was a chemical called C8, named for the eight carbon atoms attached to a single fluorine atom. C8 was originally developed by the 3M company and was used to make their signature Scotchgard product. C8 was known by other names including PFOS and PFOA, which is what gave Teflon its non-stick properties. Now, C8 was one of tens of thousands of chemicals unregulated by the federal government. And as a wonderful invention as Teflon was, there was a dark side. In the mid-1990s, after nearly 50 years of Teflon's existence, people in a small town of Parkersburg, West Virginia, began to complain about strange happenings. A cattle farmer named Wilbur Tennant reported that his cows were dying under strange circumstances. He said the cows had developed tumors, their teeth had turned black, their gums had receded, and they started to attack humans without warning. He then claimed that the DuPont company and the Teflon plant in town had something to do with it. And Wilbur Tennant had inherited his cattle farm from his father and ran the farm along with his three siblings. The farm spread across 600 acres until his brother Jim sold off 66 of those acres to DuPont in the early 1980s. So DuPont began using this new acreage as a landfill that they called the Dry Run Landfill, named after Dry Run Creek that ran through it and then flowed down to the pasture where the tenants were raising their cattle. After decades of living and working on the farm, Jim Tennant had fallen ill with a series of mysterious ailments that doctors could never officially diagnose. Now, Wilbur Tennant eventually contacted corporate attorney Rob Billett in Cincinnati, Ohio. Tennant had been good friends with Billett's grandparents, who used to bring their young grandson to the Tennant's farm in West Virginia during the summer months. And as a favor to his grandmother, Rob Billet agreed to meet with Wilbur Tennant, who brought him a box full of videotapes that contained hours of grainy footage of cows, deer, and other animals who had drank from the local creek, frothy with a strange white foam, and these animals in all various stages of sickness or death caused by whatever was in the water in Dry Run Creek. And Rob Billet reluctantly decided to take on the case but had no idea the can of worms he was about to open. You see, Billet was a corporate defense attorney, 
and worked mostly defending these large corporations against the EPA and had very little experience suing them, which is what they were about to do. Bill had recruited another attorney, Larry Winter, who had been a longtime defense attorney, representing DuPont several times before breaking off to start his own practice. And in the summer of 1999, Billet filed a federal lawsuit against DuPont, which along with being a mega-million-dollar company, was also the largest employer in the small town of Parkersburg, West Virginia. And over the next several years, life became very difficult for the Tennant family. They had poked the bear, so to speak, angering many of the local townspeople for going against the area's largest employer, who at the time was a company many of whom put 100% faith and trust in. So how on earth would Wilbur Tennant and his attorneys bring down a Goliath like DuPont? Then the answer was born out of a letter that DuPont had sent the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA. The letter stated that the dry-run landfill contained a substance called PFOA, which at the time, virtually no one had ever heard of. So Rob Billet began asking around. Now, PFOA wasn't on the list of materials regulated by the federal government, so finding someone who knew anything about it was incredibly difficult. But eventually, they did. A chemistry expert that had been retained for the lawsuit recalled reading an article that mentioned PFOA as a soap-like substance used by the 3M company in the manufacturing of their Scotchgard product. Now, for several months, Rob Billet dug through boxes of paperwork, some that was over half a century old, trying to find some dots he could connect that would link DuPont to whatever was going on in the small town of Parkersburg, West Virginia. And after several months of sifting through mountains of papers, Billet finally found the connection. He realized that not only had DuPont known that C8 in the Teflon product was harmful, but they had been covering it up for nearly 50 years, while silently poisoning 100,000 people in Parkersburg and several neighboring towns. And the information they would uncover next would lead to a series of lawsuits that would require DuPont to pay out over $670 million. But more on that next week when we continue our story of the Teflon poisonings in episode number 78 of True Crime Tuesday. We'll see you then. <laughs> 